Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome back to Chip Chat. We're recording live from the OpenStack Summit in Paris, and I'm Allison Klein. I'm delighted to have Carmine Remy, Director of Cloud Engineering for Workday, with me today. Welcome, Carmine. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Carmine, you've never been on the program before. Why don't we just start with just describing what Workday is for those three people online that don't know? Sure. Uh, Workday is a software as a service company with a lot of well, various applications for the enterprise government education in the HR human capital management space, um, mm-hmm. in the financial space, time tracking. We're even doing some innovative stuff for universities in uh, making applications available to universities for their entire curriculum and students and things along those lines. So you'll see more and more products, I think, come out over time. Now, you and Workday have been early implementers of OpenStack, and you know that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you at the OpenStack Summit. What was the reason and rationale? within a Workday environment for looking at early adoption of OpenStack? And what are you trying to accomplish there? Sure. So uh, we looked at OpenStack, and in general, we're looking at the infrastructure as a service space and trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit in terms of what we need to do in our data centers to keep up with the growth within Workday. So if you follow our quarterly announcements and our quarterly statements and you look at our growth rates, uh, it's a phenomenal, you know, we're growing at a, at a pretty good clip. And so for our data centers, you know, what, it's one thing to do something in certain practices and processes when you're going from, you know, zero to 100 servers to 1,000 servers to then 10,000 servers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those practices uh, don't scale when you go to 20 or 30 or 40 or 50,000 servers. And so strategically, we're looking at, okay, what can we do to help our organization scale even better than it has in the past? And it's at that stage that we started looking at, you know, infrastructure as a service technologies like OpenStack. And obviously an open source solution, what has the experience been in terms of your early trials with it and how the baseline code has been evolved since that point? It, you know, now we're at Juno. So we... Um, for our production workloads that are running on OpenStack, uh, we sort of have a strategy of staying maybe about six months uh, behind. So we haven't, uh, we're, we have some things in the process of going to Ice House. Uh, we still have a lot of things on Havana. Um, and then with Ice House, you know, they've got uh, in place sort of upgrading and, and, and that kind of uh, functionality, which we'll take more and more advantage of. But in terms of uh, our experience uh, with the code and how it's evolved, we've been really impressed with the advances that are made every six months. We haven't taken advantage of all the advancements every six months. A big part of that is we do dive in and understand the technology at a very deep level. We have our own continuous integration and deployment pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and adding Tempest test, the, the unit test framework and scenario test framework that comes along with uh, OpenStack. So that takes a little bit of time to kind of wrap that up into your continuous integration environment, make sure that everything's working as you'd expect. And then also that as an as a internal organization, we're able to support the rest of the Workday uh, ecosystem, if you will. So it, it's an interesting that you brought, brought, brought this up. We had Rushi Bargava from Intel on yesterday. She was talking about a pipeline similar to what you just described. We heard from um, Stephen Lentz from BMW about code stabilization and you know major changes in code over time from release to release with OpenStack. Within that six-month window, what is the opportunity to address some of these major 
code advancements. And is that something that is unique to an open source initiative, or do you expect that with any app these days? The pace of innovation within those that open space uh, open source space and whether or not you can take advantage of it. I think it's it's pretty common. Actually, even in the enterprise software space, Workday, as a you know, software as a service provider, uh, all of our customers are on the same version of the software. We have found that some of our enterprise customers uh, are not able to take as much of the change as we offer to them. And mm-hmm. so we used to do maybe, you know, releases, you know, three or four times a year. Now we're looking at maybe twice a year, just so that it's uh, easier on organizations adopting this change. And so whether it's uh, organizations like ours or open source, I do think you find so much innovation across the space, and OpenStack in particular, uh, with so many different projects and so many core projects, uh, certified or official additional programs, uh, there's a lot there to, to chew off every single six months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about, you know, you, you talked about scalability and being able to scale up numbers of nodes in, you know, in fast order. What about the availability aspects of that? And how do you develop reliability into that platform, especially with something that's changing so rapidly? Right. So I think that uh, integration pipeline and having your own continuous integration pipeline is a big part of that. So as you get these new uh, releases, whatever release you're going to adopt, you're able to put it through your uh, integration pipeline, just like you would do any software that you've built, just so that you know that everything's working appropriately and and in the way that you would expect. For us at uh, Workday, uh, CentOS is our operating system of choice, and so that adds additional complexity. Uh, I think maybe 90, 95%, I'm just guessing, uh, of things and tests uh, are run on Ubuntu. Uh, having said that, I do believe um, that with Red Hat and their RDO release, they do additional testing. Uh, but it's not just OpenStack. It's, okay, you're using Ceph, or, and you're using OpenContrail, and you're using other technologies that aren't necessarily part of OpenStack per se. And so all these things have to play together and play together well. And when some of these changes happen and you have other plugins that you're using, you got to make sure that those all get assembled uh, appropriately. So that's really, really important. The other side of that um, is, uh, and just in terms of reliability and availability, is we really push through um, availability zones, uh, similar to what you might see at uh, Amazon Web Services, you know, the whole notion of regions and availability zones, mm-hmm. and allowing the application and the application and platform teams building on top of OpenStack the ability to increase their availability by deploying the technology across multiple availability zones so that, you know, even with deployments, deploying to one availability zone at a time, if that causes an outage, then ideally your services and applications on top of that won't because you have other availability zones and regions working. So that's been a pretty critical part of our data center, our software divine data center strategy. We're at the second day of the summit, and obviously you've had a little bit of time to engage with the other attendees here. What do you see when you talk to colleagues from other enterprises, from other, you know, from other folks who are actually using OpenStack within their environments? about the relative progress of OpenStack in terms of broad-scale use? And what are the things that you're seeing in terms of the types of questions that you're like, aha, I remember when my organization was dealing with that issue uh, in terms of the the general zeitgeist of what's going on within the community now? I think it's interesting. uh, You know, if I just think about even just change management and how when you look at change management, how you introduce change, it uh, goes through sort of a common cycle, if you will, with people. And with OpenStack and organizations adopting OpenStack, 
it seems to follow a similar, whether it's the change management cycle itself, and you've extended that a little bit to some OpenStack nuances and, and specifics, you do find organizations follow a sort of a similar step where they, they come to this technology from wherever they started, whether they were using AWS, whether they have their own data centers, and wanting something that is maybe some standard set of technologies that they can use, but not knowing a lot about it. So mm -hmm. how they go about getting their arms around the technology, whether or not they have the personnel to get their arms around the technology, to then experimenting with the technology and seeing how it breaks and how it works, and then uh, coming up with their you know, 1.0 initial MVP and getting some workloads on there, and then taking it to the next level where, you know, in the fullness of time, if we start seeing some things around you know, auto-discovery, auto-healing, uh, knowing the technology well enough to where you can automate some of the issues that you might encounter, and start contributing back to the community. It seems like most organizations sort of follow that, that, that path. And along that journey, a lot of decisions you have to make, you know, do you go the Ubuntu route or CentOS route or whatever mm -hmm. operating system that you have? You know, are you using Chef or Puppet or, you know, soon with Triple O, how will that change things? You know, and I can keep going on and on and on for networking and storage mm -hmm. and what decisions you have to make. So, yes, I see that a lot of organizations go down that same path. If you were going to send a call to the industry about the two to three things you want the industry to deliver through OpenStack next year or, you know, adjacent applications or frameworks, what would they be in terms of your imperatives? I think the, the closer OpenStack can get to being a sort of plug-and-play mechanism, it to some degree is, it, it's at varying stages depending on whether it's storage or networking, how other technologies plug into this. And by plug and play, I really think of, you know, even things like uh, if you think about the Windows operating system uh, or the Mac operating system and how you might have different plug-in architectures for peripherals and things along those lines mm -hmm. and the testing that goes along with that. It'd be great to see with OpenStack that you get uh, closer to something that can be certified. Yes, this is certified to work for Neutron or, hey, this works with Cinder or these various APIs. And I think that'll help customers like us and our users like us and operators like us know where the technologies we are and we plan on using, how that plugs in and how that works without us having to dive in and say, oh, we found this broke and this broke and this broke. Right. So pre-validated integration of full pre solution stacks. Pre-baked. And, and pre-baked. And then also if uh, things like Triple O can evolve to the point where I'm sure there'll be lots of different flavors of what you can plug into OpenStack. But somehow, if there's some way to make more and more things standard so that triple uh, O, I think people, some people have described it as a possible unicorn, um, but if it can <laughs> fulfill on its mission and be as flexible as we want it to be, which I think it can get there, and, and it might already be there, I just haven't uh, paid attention close enough, but in the next quarter or six months we will. That would be a great place to see, yeah, with triple O and with uh, this continuous integration pipelines, we're able to test so many different combinations of uh, software out there. Interesting. I'm going to change directions completely on you. Okay. Uh, Workday is, you know, obviously a SaaS solution, mm -hmm. built a company around a SaaS solution. Where do you see the evolution of SaaS in the future in terms of changing the way that business is run? And do you see whole industries being disrupted based on um, solutions in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, these are my views, uh, not necessarily the views of, of Workday per se, but uh, SaaS and, and where it's going on its own in terms of operating the software and, and facilitating 
making it easier for enterprises and institutions, large or small, adopt software easily is not going to change. But also, I do see it maybe evolving and uh, evolving in ways, and, and this is where I think OpenStack can help by providing a standard set of APIs to facilitate distributed computing, you know, we're looking to adopt it and, and run our entire data centers. I can imagine a situation where as more and more people adopt OpenStack, it will create interesting opportunities for how Workday services its customers. Mm -hmm. Will we go on-premise? Don't know. Uh, if we did, uh, and you can imagine a scenario where some organization already has OpenStack, and uh, opens it up for us. Uh, you can imagine a world where, hey, maybe we actually deploy on-prem, but fully managed by us. It's just sort of an extension. It looks like another availability zone. It just so happens to be an availability zone for a particular customer. And we deploy the solution uh, across two availability zones, one within the customer's site, one within ours, or quite possibly two availability zones within a customer's site. Um, that would be intriguing. Uh, we're not there mm -hmm. yet. Um, but those are some of the things that might happen in the future. And, and as our orchestration technology continues to evolve and continues to get more and more robust, I'd love to see that opportunity present itself. And uh, I think our addressable market would get that much bigger. Seems like it offers a tremendous amount of flexibility in the way you deliver the service and in increased uh, ROI for the customer, if that's something that they care about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even in addition to the ROI, ROI for their own data centers, and, mm -hmm. and hey, we got more software running on top of this, but also, you know, whether it's their own security constraints, their own operating procedures, uh, whether they're a government organization or some other organization that has really, uh, has the need for really tight controls. Yeah, really interesting opportunities. Well, Carmine, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to spend some time with us on Chip Chat. It's been a pleasure. We hope to have you back again soon. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 